welcome to Tandem Cannon, the gamerific podcast where co-op play is canon and your princess is in another castle. We are your hosts, Tiff. And this is Mia. This is episode five. Play it again, Tandem fan. Let us move on to the talk from Team Tandem. So Mia, what have you done this week? This week I've been playing more of the original Saints Row and I've been dying a lot. One thing I found out is Saints Row has a real problem with checkpoints and not really having any. So if you fuck up or you die or something happens, you got to start all the way from the beginning. And it's oh, funny. Oh, love that. Yeah. So yeah, they don't really have checkpoints or save points. And it is incredibly frustrating at times because there are some things that I'm finding out. Gang, AI is not very bright. <laughs> Uh, and they get killed a lot, like more frequently than they should. They're not very smart, but they mean well. They're, the heart is in the right place. Bless their little hearts. And then on the PlayStation Store, I was fooling around on there and I downloaded Fat Princess. I haven't had a chance to play it, but it looks awesome and I want to try and play it sometime this weekend. So that's up on my my radar. What about you, Tiff? Well, I have not been able to really play that much because I had to take a couple personal days off to this week. But I did manage to get in a little bit and I have to thank Mark Plyer for showing me that game from the Henry Stickman series. Oh my gosh, it is great because it seems like the further they get along in the series, it involves a lot more of pop culture stuff, which is just hysterical and makes all your other options great. I already played the one where he breaks into the bank and I played the one where he's fleeing the jail, I believe. And there were so many great options that you can pick, like to escape, you have multiple ways in different endings to pick from in order for you to escape any of these complexes and they have so much more and it's all free so definitely a great game and of course I'm still playing on my Katamari and uh, I think I'm up to level 115 wow. of my Katamari so I am just tapping away if I get Carpal Tunnel from my Katamari it's gonna be so worth it <laughs> it's gonna be so worth it because I got 24 of my cousins unlocked oh, that's awesome. so, so we're just rolling and gain so much money but I'm still just like picking up fire pits and shit so <laughs> I've not quite gotten to picking up all the all the states and all the world yet but I'm hoping to get that size I can't wait to see what next level I can unlock at 150 that's good enough so it's no surprise that we've heard about the mini Nintendo Entertainment System yeah that's coming out pretty soon I want one so freaking ah yes oh my goodness and the theme on this they already posted this morning that Amazon <sighs> already sold out. They don't know when they're getting more stock. I don't even know how many they had in stock, but that bitch is gone That's already cool. on Amazon. I did see some people, me and my coworker actually were looking at it to see if it was on eBay, mm-hmm. if anybody was like selling it for an ungodly amount for like $1,000, but I don't think anybody's gotten theirs yet, because I think it probably just got released in the last couple of days, or either that or pre-orders. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool system they have that comes with all the modern wires that you need, like HDMI and everything else to do that. <sighs> So and cool. the rumor might be is that instead of your just 30 classic games, there might be the potential to download more, but that could be a rumor. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody can confirm. And it's so little and itty bitty and cute, so it doesn't take up a lot of space. Not at all. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited about this. I'm worried about how much it's going to cost in the long run as people are demanding it because, you know, the nostalgia feels and the way capitalism works, it's like the more people demand something the higher the price goes up because people are gonna be willing to shell out more money for all that (laughs) 
well, it's definitely worth it. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not sure if you're saying this is going to go up or not because $60 for 30 classic games is a steal. steal. And especially since just for the cartridge by themselves, a lot of them cost about $30 themselves. So mm-hmm. it seems like it will be worth it in the long run, but I would hate for it to suddenly just skyrocket because yeah. I'm sure that's going to be on a lot of people's Christmas list this coming around if that's how long it will take for people to restock it. Um, birthday but- list. <laughs> Our birthday list, you know, your birthday is coming up, but I'm sure there should be more somewhere Mm -hmm. coming down the pike. But, I mean, the gaming list is marvelous. I mean, it touches on all the classic games you ever want. Now, one of the games I just bought at Let's Play was Double Dragon 2. Yeah. Double Dragon 1 kind of a little sucked a little bit, but Double (laughs) Dragon 2 was on there. I saw that they had Metroid, and I got happy. I haven't played Metroid in such a long time, the original Metroid. And all the Mario Brothers 1 through 3 and Castlevania. Great nostalgia feel for 60 bucks. And it was such a great console, such a wonderful era of gaming in general. Like, I love that time period when Nintendo Entertainment System was out, Sega Genesis was out, because we got some really excellent quality games that are still remembered. So, it's, I'm interested to see what all they're going to add to the arsenal, or if other companies like Sega is going to follow suit and do the same thing, because I grew up a lot on Sega games. It'd be cool if they could come out with stuff with the original Sonic and Streets of Rage and a couple other things. So I don't know. Like, I'm excited about it. And then I've been looking at all the stuff about Pokemon Go. And I'm not, you know, I've never been a Pokemon fan. Like, I've never really gotten into it. I felt like I was too old for that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want to (laughs) play. I'm just like, yeah. I want to go out and explore and get into this whole universe. Like, it just sounds so exciting and fun, especially on time where people have been talking about their experiences where they are dealing with like anxiety or depression or, and this is causing them to go out in the world and meet people and it's been some positive experience and then of course you have people who are going to take advantage of it and rob others and set up lures and whatnot but I think it's probably one of the coolest things because I heard this is probably the most successful mobile game ever I think they said they had at least anywhere in the neighborhood of about 20 million players Mm -hmm. which at this rate really doesn't surprise me and the way that they're using geocaching I've heard of this before I had a friend that did this as a hobby but for them to use that type of technology for a mobile game like that and use it in a way where you could use it anywhere and it encourages you to get out in the world and do these things like I just mm-hmm. I'm just really stunned by it and I'm wondering what other games could do the same thing and be just as successful or I wonder how they thought that oh this would be a great idea to go and place this out in the world and it encourages people to get out well it makes sense because there's a lot of places or people that do like those geo events that they will find things mm-hmm. with their GPS is somebody I knew had gone to my gym. That's what she will do. She occasionally will go to like Austin. They'll have like this big GPS event that people have to go and find. Um, I also heard about parties where you have to follow these coordinates and you have to hike or climb on top of a mm-hmm. of a mountain and have like a silent rave That's and a- stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that are kind of under the radar that people have heard about but it's never been on this scale. There's so many people, especially those who have grown up on Pokemon, you know, 20 years ago and now in their 30s are just having such cosmic joy over the fact of <laughs> having something from their childhood practically be live and in their hands. 
Right. And especially it's something that you can interact with where people have always fantasized about being able to catch your own Pokemon and level them up. And soon the gameplay will evolve not only for you to catch, but also to take place in battles. Exactly. And Nintendo needed a bounce back from the Wii U kind of being, you yeah. know, kind of met and sell. But this was like a good bounce back. And I heard they're releasing a lot more Nintendo games to the phone. I think they're supposed to be on Mario Brothers release soon, but I don't know what kind. But it's kind of cool that now it's virtually everywhere. So now that it's not just available on one console, it could be available to us all who don't have any Nintendo products. Now it's something we all can have our hands on. Now that I have separate installments of new things for the product to grow that also have aspect of it not getting old too soon. There's still room for growth. Right. It's just really cool. And I wonder how my cousin feels about this because oh, he, yeah. he was the original Pokemon Stan from the beginning. He knew the rap. He knew everything. He's watched all the movies. And it's funny because he's all about being masculine and you got to be an adult and he talks like this. But I'm pretty sure this news about Pokemon Go, he's he probably... Was squealing. Yeah. He was squealing. <laughs> pretty sure other adults now have that same response, especially if they actually grew up with it from oh, the beginning. Oh, definitely. Before we started recording, I probably would put on my walking shoes and would have walked around my neighborhood for a few just to look at things. But no, it, I kind of like your aspect of if they can do this with Pokemon and see how much of a big success this will be, mm-hmm. what else can be opened for a platform like this? Oh, yeah. And it'd have to be something really, really cool, I think. Like and- Diner Dash or something. <laughs> <laughs> Diner Dash GPS. I would worry about Grand Theft Auto coming out with something like this. Oh, God, you know, help. It would be a nightmare. If people, if you know how people act on GTA Online, could you imagine yeah. this type in real life and now they're meeting each other in person and how that, that whole there'll interaction be, goes? There will be car alarms and terror all over the <laughs> city. To just beyond chaos. I guess, you know what? It makes me wonder who will do this. I'm thinking Disney might do something like this cool. in some capacity. And I guess in a way, Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed, they could kind of do that. If, done a lot. If you go traveling to another country, like let's say you're on vacation, instead of doing like a regular walking tour, guided tour, do the Assassin's Creed thing and you're an assassin and you have to go oh. to these different viewpoints in the city. And, and learn- like with Eagle Vision, you can have Eagle Vision in it. Exactly. Yeah. And you can see Templars. That would be a cool idea That's if okay. it were executed well and Ubisoft actually put the time and the effort into so, it. Uh, Ubisoft, if you hear this, credit. Credit. I want my money. I want the money. Bitch better and- have my money. <laughs> And just give us, like, free Assassin's Creed swag. Yeah, yeah. We'll that... be all right. We'll be all right. <laughs> and improve your story. But. Yeah. <laughs> Bring Desmond back. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely a great idea. I'm so glad that Nintendo is finally just like, okay, things have not been working in our favor. We've kind of been going into a free fall financially. What can we do to turn this around? Oh, let's make this available for everybody and let us have something that people have been wanting for a while, a good Pokemon game. And I'm interested to see what happens down the line as other games emulate it. But this is pretty big step in gaming. Like we're going to see clone yep. after clone, but it's going to change things. Yep. And I do have to mention, please, 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 while you're doing your Pokemon Go, please be careful out there Mm -hmm. and be courteous of places that you step into. Because I know a lot of people are not really accepting of you just walking into their establishment just just to catch your Pokemon. I mean, just be courteous. And if you need to buy something in order to do it, just do that. And be safe. And if you have a chance, bring a friend with you. So that way you're not friends anyway. Out by yourself. At least let people know where you're going and stuff. So are you ready to... (laughs) 
Ricky, level up. All right, let's do it, y'all. Let's level up. Let's move on to our tandem topic tea time. Today's topic is co-op games with great replay value. This is going to be a new topic we'll introduce every now and then uh, mm-hmm. where we discuss three different games or franchises or a little bit of both that have so many. So many that have great co-op, great replay value, or are recommended for co-op. There might be some games that we focus on that have single-player elements, but mm-hmm. generally these are games that you definitely want to invest your time and your money and your friendship in. So the first game that we have up is the Saints Row franchise. Woo! So Tiff, you want to talk a little bit about Saints Row and and why is it great for co-op? Well, let me tell you. I guess first off, it's been an interesting progression playing Saints Row. How- <laughs> different it is from the first of the game which I'm sure you're experiencing compared to the craziness we just had on Saints Row 4 and Gav Hill and Lord knows what else is on there. So it's been a definite split but not without its replayability. A lot of pros have been for character customization. There is not a lot of games out there where you can customize your character as serious or ridiculous as you want it to be and especially for you to practically be ingrained into the game Mm -hmm. as this character. Also the opportunity to have on online co-op especially on saints row one they did the groundwork for that it wasn't for the full entire game but there was still some groundwork in there Mm -hmm. so they were already establishing that from jump what they wanted to do how you can have a partner in crime with you as you go around the city so there even though it was technically two bosses you still had the hand with all that and had twice the fun and we definitely experienced that playing you know saints row two through four it was great and full single campaign i mean you can pretty much attest to saints row one even with all the difficulties and not the save points you pretty much still having as much fun or yeah yeah it is a lot of fun there are some elements to saints row especially the first game that i'm kind of cringing about like there's been a couple moments where i think they've been popping off the n-word and i'm like Mm -hmm. excuse you like (laughs) there needs to be a discussion about that but i mean generally it's a fun game to play and even though the first game is not co-op you can tell where their minds were going with it because they do have online multiplayer and they have different modes that you can play with other people. The fact that every Saints Row after Saints Row 1 has had online co-op and you can play the entire campaign together and for the most part not really have too many issues with playing the game, I think that really does speak volumes and it's one area Saints Row has really created its own identity. We were always mentioning how we wanted GTA to have some kind of co-op. I think on, what was it, San Andreas, you could have like a little bit of a two-player, but it was just for open play, but it wasn't for campaign. San Andreas is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but because I, I remember we did it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like you had like CJ's cousin Tommy or somebody <laughs> with him blowing up these neighborhoods, and but it wasn't the same feel because you know it still was confined to just running the streets, not actually doing missions together, which kind of goes into the accomplishing the mission as a unit instead of it just being separate and on your own time. And there was so much more to do, especially when you had that opportunity for campaign mode. There was more to do instead of just certain missions or just only just running the streets kind of like on GTA online but of course that's its own entire entity in itself. I definitely liked how that Saints Row already from Jump already knew what 
was going to do for the co-op to give you that co-op option later on in games and it's just only grown from there so it makes me excited about what they have for the next game coming up I believe will retain its co-op properties so as for the replay what draws you to play Saints Row over uh, and over I believe we played it four or five times already it's, it, we've played it quite a few times we've played two at least like four or five we've played three I don't know how many it's been at least six and then four I think we've yeah. maybe done like once or twice but you know one of the things I love about Saints Row is that regardless of whether or not you feel like you're an old school Saints Row fan which I feel like we are or a new school Saints Row fan the series overall is just a lot of fun to play it's wacky it's weird and it pokes fun at itself exactly. and gaming culture and pop culture exactly. and you know when you have someone else there also to sort of mix into things and get into trouble it just makes it so much more fun like for example one of my favorite activities in Saints Row 3 is the Professor Genki kind of yes. the death and oh, going through great. those puzzles and everything and you know taking out enemies is so much fun and like we look like two badasses going through things until the brute comes out and then we're panicking and <laughs> oh yeah those, those brutes can have several seasons like I'm cool with one but then we just have them constantly coming out and your time is running out you start panicking a little bit yeah, like, you know <laughs> you're sitting between me and the finish line so I'm just gonna have to take this grenade to your head and then you're just gonna have to rethink about your life choices right mm-hmm. now sir it's great because you get to help each other unlock different trophies or other achievements that maybe you weren't able to get on your own they make the co-op experience for the most part pretty seamless and so part of the reason why it's worth going back and replaying because very few games have a full-blown co-op mode where you can play the entire single campaign together that's awesome like you don't really see that a lot anymore and it's pretty sad <laughs> there are some several cons though because now with Saints Row it's going to be five years this year yeah and so oh, yeah one of the things that we've been experiencing just playing through the game just casually is that we're seeing a lot more lag and issues, just servers just automatically kicking us out or some other connectivity issues. And so one of the things that this may be a topic that we have to explore more in detail at a later time is maybe seeing how long will these servers be updated for co-op gamers and what does it mean for us? Because part of the reason why we like going back to Saints Row is because we have the opportunity to play together. But mm-hmm. with the server lag and the bugs and everything like that, it's clear the developers are not keeping up with this anymore and they've moved on to other things. So it's like, how long will that last before they shut that down? And do we have to go back and get one for the PS4 in order to continue doing the same thing or what? I feel like they're still probably providing support for Saints Row 4 and Get Out of Hell because those are more recent. But yeah, that's the only downside that I'm seeing right now. Tiff, did you have anything you've noticed? Not just with the replay value, but other things? things? Well, going off of your server lag and makes it an issue, but I guess it is what you had said, that they mm-hmm. are moving on to greener pastures. It's been Saints Row 2. I'm sure it's a whole lot worse mm-hmm. as the game ages. And the last time we had replayed it through was, I think this past spring, we finished playing Saints Row 3, and we were definitely feeling all the lags. It seems like being kicked out. I was invisible for a good deal of the game for some yeah, reason. Yeah, which was weird. Which was very strange. Never had those problems before, but I guess it's just 
because they're just wanting you to be pushed out and either play the latest and greatest in the series already, like Gav, Hell, and Saints Row 4. And But we liked experiencing Saints Row 3 because it was just the first comedic turn from Saints Row 2 mm-hmm. where it really started to poke fun at itself. That was when I believe Volition was on the brink of bankruptcy. So they're just like, well, fuck it. It's going to be our last game. Might as well just go, out go all out. <laughs> so, and they did that and that practically helped bring them back from the brink because that was probably like one of their best-selling games in a while. It makes me wonder, do you think that they would ever, like everyone else, is doing some kind of def- a definitive version of some sort mm-hmm. to be redone for PS4? You think they might even do that for the last series of games? Technically, they already have because they, they have updated versions for PS4 for the last few games where they've already released some. I guess, I don't know about like Saints Row 2 and the first one, the original. I don't think they're going to do anything for that yet, but I think depending on what they decide to do with the franchise in the series and what direction they take narratively, because I think that's probably the biggest question right now. You know, we've heard news about Agents of Mayhem coming Mm -hmm. out at E3, and that's kind of the spiritual successor to Saints Row, and there's Mm -hmm. some obvious connections there, but I don't know just yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a big difference between the humor and the narrative and the storyline focus of Saints Row 1 and 2, and they have their specific fans, and then 3 and 4 has its own specific type of humor and context and narrative, a little that is there, but that's another topic. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know yet, but I I guess we'll have to see what happens, and I guess depending on how Agents of Mayhem is received and how well that does, you know, seeing more of that, we'll go from there. I don't think there was any place that we could go after Saints Row 4, so it's kind of nice to have, like, a pickup of a fresh story. (laughs) We essentially explored space, we blew up the Earth, Gat has gone to hell. What else can we do? Right. I say, this is all a dream. The boss has woken up from her coma and is starting all over again. (laughs) Just, all right. Well, it seems like this is what Agents of Mayhem is supposed to do. It's supposed to, quote-unquote, recorrect itself to get back to how things were supposed to have been, but I guess still kind of seems a little shady, but I'm still excited for what little trinkets of details they've given. Mm-hmm. So it'll definitely be, like, a nice change, and please, no more steel port. Please. No more steel port. Yeah. That was a definite con, too. Like, no more steel port or reusing previous cities and not modifying them. It just seemed like number four was just a tired rehash of the same, but with more powers. That was it. And powers were fun, but. You need a car? Fuck that. No car. Right. Got my own car. Made a lot of stuff <laughs> But let's move on to our second game. So, this one is probably one of the most underrated gems out there if you love co op. It's Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which came out. 2012, I believe. Yeah. It's been about a couple of years. So, Tiff, do you want to talk about some of the things you like about this game? or? Oh, sure. We loved Ghost Recon because of the opportunity to play up to four players co-op online. We have not done that ourselves. I think we just mostly have played with ourselves. Uh, <laughs> We have. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Besides from playing with ourselves, playing with the characters in the game, we've always liked that aspect of the teamwork. You know, it's just really you four, you know, going to these different places and trying to take out the warlords or whoever else and just having to work together. That was great. The campaign was always an interesting, something that was intriguing because you had puzzles getting revenge as you go along from these different places and then you had the overarching storyline of taking 
this dude out at the end. So that was a great thing to explore. I also love the different places. It was kind of like what we talked about with 40th Day, not being locked in that same city. We had different environments to go to, different people to take out, but there was still that overarching story, but you still had different variations to get through, so you're not just in monotony all the time. We also like the gadgets, especially Warhound. We love Warhound so much. Variations of play. Also, I guess this can work as not only for what was good for the replay value, but did you think that a lot of the challenges were a blessing or a curse? I think it's a little bit of both, but the challenges are kind of what was the biggest draw about replaying the game because I don't feel like I'm a completionist per se, but I was like, well, I want to get that gun. Let's play. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's try and do this. And so there were certain incentives for going back and replaying certain missions or the entire game because you would unlock different types of content and uh, there are certain weapons that, if you know, depending on your play style, it was to your benefit because you could use those and they help take down enemies fast. It's pretty challenging overall. Some objectives, there was one where we were in Georgia or Russia, silently melee kill up to 50 guys and that's probably the hardest mission on the level because there's a point in the game where your enemies are ghosts too. So they have the same technology, they're invisible and you have to think fast on your feet. You don't have a lot of cover and there's a lot of chaos going on. So yeah, it's it's a very challenging game. But again, if you work well together and you are communicating about the objectives and everything, what you're doing, it makes it for a much rewarding experience. It did feel like you were truly a part of these guys. Okay, you need to go over here far enough. Make sure that these trucks cannot see you while you're still, exactly. you know, under your ghost cloak. You're getting too close. You're, you're getting, getting too close. Going um, to detective and you can strategically put and mark people for Pepper and 30K are guys who are CPUs, but you can control them on who they can take out from sniper distance. So, I mean, it was great just to be able to control them in that aspect and that they weren't just lazy because they will sneak into the most crazy places and never get caught. Never get caught. <laughs> they, I, I mean, I really was impressed with the AI in this game, both on our yeah. side and the enemy AI because they were very smart. Like, they would change their tactics and move around you really had to think on your feet in order to get things done because they will swarm and flank you with the quickness. And you had to strategize on if you had to snipe them in order. You have mm-hmm. to like take this guy out from the top and try and strategize, okay, this dude is far off. We can take him out then in order not to be detected because there was quite a few zones where you had to lay low and not be detected at all. Like Assassin's Creed, but just in army gear. Right. I mean, it's just boom, stab, do whatever you need to do. You're in the middle of a lot of crowded marketplaces, halls, ways. There's one point where you're in Africa at some point and you have to go into this refugee camp that's full of people and try and take down your target. I mean, it try makes for kill the people. trying not to alert them and they will give you away. If they see you or they feel that you're around, they will freak out and panic. It brought a lot of really good realism. One thing I also liked about this game is that it made the characters that you were playing with more real. They didn't try to glamorize like, oh, this is our wonderful life. They had their own issues and they were like, well, we just got back from a mission. We just want to sleep or just hang out. Nope, you got to ship out. You got another mission. We got to go. So, but yeah, this game is really great, but it is very challenging. Yes, it can um, be. It can be very challenging, especially if you're really trying to go after those mission objectives, those extra objectives to unlock content. I mean, we've played this, I don't know how many times, and there's still content that we have, we have not unlocked. And we haven't played in, what, about a year at least? It's been it's a minute. Been, I think it's been like since last fall. 
beautiful. And the thing about this, a lot of objectives that you play on easy or medium difficulty, and then there's some that you won't be able to unlock until you play it on hard. Mm -hmm. And so we played it on hard, and it wasn't difficult because we've already played it 15 million times before we played it on hard, so we can see if we can do that. But a lot of the objectives were even still very strenuous to get, and there's some remain locked, so we got majority of them, so I guess that's all that counts for me. (laughs) Again, you're strategizing, and you have to use teamwork and things like that, so it's a lot like Army of Two in that Mm -hmm. aspect, so. Very much so. I do, too. So, shall we move on to the third one? The third one. That's yes. it, one. This next game that we think has great replay value is Star Wars Battlefront. Now, before you get out of your seat, <laughs> or I mean the original Star Wars Battlefronts 1 and 2, mm-hmm. not the bullshit that just came out and in the fall. The bullshit that's still coming out with the Death Star. I'm like, get out of my face with that. This is an Too insult. Late. And then, too late. I mean, it's uh, it's already enough. A Han Solo just got mentioned last couple of days that they oh. have their new young Han Solo. So I'm like, that's just going to be another part of my childhood that's going to be drilled into my skull to death. It's just... Just ruined. Just so ruined. Just ruining everything. But before they do that, let's go back to the ones that LucasArt actually put some thought into. Put some respect Um, on it. Put some respect on all of that. And so they did it right. Even us playing number one a couple weeks ago was so much better than the five minutes we played Battlefront this past November. So what are some pros for you that you liked about the previous Battlefronts that came out 10 years ago? Well... Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 actually had couch co-op. They actually had co-op <gasps> campaigns no. that you could play together. And it wasn't a fucking tutorial. It was actually a full-blown mode where you actually could play things together. And yeah, I know. Imagine that, right? Just who would have thought? that was from like, a game from 10 years ago. Who would have thought that anybody else would not want that? I don't understand. Like, we should be happy with the shitty tutorials that we had. But they blessed us with the full-blown campaigns that you could play and content they had actual content <laughs> we had story mode mm-hmm. we had campaigns yeah and you could play on either side right campaigns even. and it was fun and they had all sorts of different type of matches where you could play competitively in co-op and it was wonderful and i like especially with battlefront 2 where they had different types of battles you could do air missions and then you had the the on ground stuff where you're going around trying to take different locations and we played it two or three weeks ago and it was just as much fun now as it was back in the day when we first played and so depending on what type of co-op gamer that you are if you like where you and your friend are fighting against each other or if you want to be on the same team or capturing the flag or capturing the flag or all sorts of different modes like whatever fits you as a co-op gamer battlefront really did a great job with providing so many different types of gameplay that you could work with and it's like a co-op person's dream (laughs) because you get to do things in the star wars universe you're going to all these legendary places like endor and naboo and hoth you're trying to take down the walkers and it's just so fun i love it and then of course battlefront 2 they actually had a full-blown story campaign that you could play through together um, from the perspective of the 501st legion and that is just awesome because you get to empathize with them and what they're about and what they're doing and you're just like yeah that's tough let's go kill those jedi let's go (laughs) Oh no, it's like, oh, so we have to go assassinate the Queen of Naboo? Oh, oops. Just uh, like the simulation. Just like the simulation. <laughs> 
<laughs> one shot, one kill. I mean, we still quote that to this day. And, you know, as much help give George Lucas for the prequels, and mm-hmm. I understand why, I also have to give the man credit of expanding the universe where it's not the same planets we've seen before. They're right. different. And so, and you reflect it for the gameplay where even if you are never a fan of the prequels, you don't mind it in the game because it opens up the universe so much more to where you're not coursing indoor part two essentially mm-hmm. you have different plants like Kamino and you have Coruscant the Jedi Temple different generations like the Rebel Alliance for the Clone Wars so it expanded it where the latest one did not it kind of closed it off I know this so being nice I'm being generous right here but I will continue ranting for the next like 50 minutes about <laughs> that just my disappointment but I just loved how it made it more hands on and expanded mm-hmm. upon what was previously created 10 years ago and it had so much more to it especially when you did the conquest missions you can yes. be on that for like six hours because it was a game of chess of everything that you can do if you lost here you know you have to back out and you lose that planet but mm-hmm. then you lose moral powers and reinforcements so you have to recreate your strategy I mean it was like a game of risk and it seemed like the new one kind of missed the point of that one but just replaying that and unlocking but just to explore everything definitely had a replay value of just trying out everything you could from the campaign to doing the one-on-one or versus mode or capture the flag to just doing like instant action it was worth playing every single thing you can play every combination for days and still not unlock or explore everything and I think what I really like too is just that because of the way that the gameplay was set up every moment is so tense and so you're like okay we have to hold the line we have to defend this outpost we have to make sure that we're not losing too many people let's go help this crew and then mm-hmm. go over here and oh there's a vehicle we need to take out and so you're constantly on the move thinking about things to do to help your squad or help your team mm-hmm. advance and move forward and like there were certain points where the enemy would flank us we have to regroup and, <laughs> yes. and get things together and so it's a great co-op game if you're a fan of the Star Wars universe you are basically immersed in all that you follow the whole story I remember I think we were on Kashyyyk mm-hmm. and we saw Mace Windu and we freaked, freaked the, the fuck, fuck out wow. Wow. We saw the purple lightsaber in the night and we just started following it and we're like, because oh. it was great. It's so immersive, especially when you first saw them, Darth Vader or the Emperor or Yoda touching down. I'm following them because they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Except for Luke on Hoth. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. But <laughs> but essentially, you get your jollies seeing these characters. You want to evolve and take down the Empire or the Rebel Alliance, whichever side you're on. So it's just great replay value and if you're a big Star Wars fan like I've been since I was young and this one did it right I don't know where the other one came from the EA version the updated one I mean it is gorgeous it is pretty as fuck and it was a lot of fun and that little time that I was playing with Emperor Palpatine just frying people that was hilarious that little creepy bass with his cannon drill electric frying (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was great but I mean it still doesn't hold a candle to the original Battlefront where there were so much offered up front that you could get involved in and it was already included in the game what a concept the only downside is this game has not aged as well as it could have what do you see do you feel like this should get a remaster or remake at some point and that's the tough point because i don't know where legally they'll be able to right because even at this point 
I'm not sure who still owns it. Is it still like Disney and EA or is it technically still LucasArts? Because I know LucasArts still has their pinky in a couple things, but yeah. LucasArts is officially closed down. So And so I guess that's the reason why Star Wars 1313 and all the Battlefront 3 is not essentially a sequel. This is a reboot to the series. Right. And why they had to start from fresh, but yet we got the EA treatment of... EA of, being EA, essentially, and just trying uh, to nickel and dime us for everything we have. EA it, stands for eating ass. That's uh, what it stands for. <laughs> they already have the information out about the Death Star DLC and they're like, well, go ahead and buy your season pass. I'm like, you haven't given me enough content to be even worth the $60, $70 I already spent money on. So fix that first, then give me my free shit and then we'll talk. So And I'm going to wait on the next one, see how people like it. Angry mm-hmm. Joe. They're already working on two, apparently. Can y'all work on one first and get that to... I guess since that ship is already sold, they're like, well, we're going to fix on number two, but then something else is going to get left off. It's like, Sam, something is just going to be left off that should have been already included in the original package. Ugh, I have I, some words. EA is its own how to fix a fucking franchise, how to fix a fucking business, how to fix another fucking 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 with them. <laughs> they are their own topic of just EA stuff, and if any of you guys have any input, please feel free to let us know, mm-hmm. and we will include. Definitely. So, let's move on. Positive and wonderful things. So, this week's Wheel of Random Tandem. Games we've always wanted to play. Tiff. Yes, please. What game have you always wanted to play? I keep mentioning it, but I've not gotten my paws on it. Journey. I want to play Journey. And I did see that it is on sale in the PlayStation Store in a couple more days. And so my goal is tomorrow to get it and to play eventually. But I've always wanted to try it. And I remember being on PlayStation Home, R.I.P., PlayStation Home, that there was like a little element of Journey in mm-hmm. it. There was like a little bit of like a PS Home gameplay to it. I've always wanted to play it since then, but just hadn't had the opportunity yet. So now that it's available on PS4, and since my PS3 is just so freaking full from other games, then mm-hmm. maybe I can get the opportunity to play this one. So I plan on downloading that sucker this week so I can get some Journey experience finally and just see. You have to tell us how that is. That sounds awesome. Oh, I man. can't wait. <laughs> So, I just revealed my secret. What about yours? I keep going back and forth. Been wanting to play the Deus Ex series, especially Human Revolution. I've heard some similarities between that and Remember Me and a couple of other games. And it looks very interesting because it does talk about humans, technology, and ethics. And so I'm, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, so there's that one. Kind of eyeballing, like, okay, where can I get it from? I've seen it on sale at some places, but I want to pick it up. And then the newest Deus Ex is coming out. They just announced it sometime last year, but I think it's coming out in August or September. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back and do a little bit of gaming and research, but my hands are a little bit full of Saints Row and Mass Effect at the moment yeah. and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So I'll figure something out, but can I sneak one more in? Okay. So I do want to play Titanfall because I'm a big fan of robots kicking ass and taking names and mm-hmm. blowing shit up. And it just looks like a lot of fun. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> 
yeah, I've heard some things on Titanfall, some good, some bad. I mean, it's kind of hard for a lot of games like that that are of that same kind of mind, like the Halo, Destiny, Mass Effect, mm-hmm. Titanfall. And there was a new game that was coming out that seemed very alike to Destiny, but I forgot the name of it. Uh-uh. But there's like a new one that's kind of reminiscent of Destiny where you have a warlock, a soldier, and you have some kind of alien or robot or something like that. Please tell me the voice acting is better this time around. You know what? I don't know, but since they replaced Peter for with Nolan North, it sounds so much better. I'm sorry, Peter, but Nolan yeah. North. I hate to North. say it, but I mean, it's a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And Nolan North can do no wrong. He cannot. He cannot he do cannot. no wrong. He cannot. Go rest in peace, Desmond. Anyway, <laughs> it's I'm, still too soon. I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> Never going to be okay after that. <laughs> so, Dave, do you have any final thoughts? I do want to give a special shout out to Lazy Game Reviewer because I directed my sister over to him because she is getting into the Sims 4 series for the first time. She's been eyeballing it, but she's like, I want to play Sims. I want to go ahead and do it. I'm going to download all the things. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you do that, go check out Lazy Game Reviewer. He does you <laughs> know, reviews on the Sims series and he'll tell you what expansion packs are worth getting, which stuff packs are worth getting and I don't know if you follow his channel but he has a doll that he decided sometime last year that for every stuff pack EA comes out with for the Sims 4 he's cutting off a limb and he's essentially stubbed now he has no arms no legs I think he lost part of his tie it's a pretty sad state right now, and I, now I feel like they're just trolling just to see it happen. I feel like they're doing it on purpose. But I'm just waiting for that pack that's like still twenty dollars yet, just has ten things worth of stuff on it. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite YouTubers, just because he does some really in-depth stuff with his reviews and his games. And if you're a fan of the Sims 4 series, he'll tell you what things you may or may not like about it, so you can make an educated, informed decision before you pop down some money. So yeah out to him. He's awesome. Especially since I've been wary of Sims 4, I'm still on my Sims 3, and so I'm pretty cool with my Sims 3. It's kind of like with you, the reason why you kind of went back with Sims 2 Mm -hmm. to revisit, because there's a lot of things lacking that Sims 2 just had everything that was needed. Yeah. For our upcoming events, we're going to be at the Classic Game Fest down in Austin next weekend already. And after that, QuakeCon. Screw you, Jury Duty. I'm going to QuakeCon. Fuck you, Jury Duty. QuakeCon is it. It's going to be lit. We're going to have fun. And yes. we're probably, I don't know how much sleep we're going to get, but it's going to be a lot of fun. No, no sleep. We're going to enjoy not adulting for a couple days, four days. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And please, please, please check out all of our social stuff at www.tandemcandom.com where we tubes, tumbles, and Twitch. Especially on YouTube and Tumblr because we post all sorts of different wonderful content and you get the first notice about when we release certain episodes so yes Mm -hmm. definitely follow us subscribe because we'd love to hear from y'all so i'm almost done with posting all the videos for when we went to rtx so about to upload the one for black nerd and the game show that i was on so by the time this one hits you should have it and hopefully we have some extra audio from the podcast regarding army of two so whatever's left over we're gonna try and post some snippets on that that has additional commentary on the series and what we can do to fix it and all that. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. Thank you guys once again for following us and we'll see you guys next week with brand new topics and brand new nerdum. So have a wonderful weekend and stay mm-hmm. game-tastic. 